Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. We've been talking about being legacy-minded the last three weeks, that we are called to be people who are motivated to inspire at least three generations into our future. Think three. Can you say that with me? Think three. That's right. Say it again. Think three. That we are to inspire with a vision that God has given to us at least three generations into the future. Not just thinking about us right now, but thinking ahead. And I want to thank Pastor Ben for ministering last week on talking about empowering leaders and empowering people that are around us. That's our call as the church. And I just want to build on that today because I want to continue to talk about leaders and leadership. And I think this topic isn't covered or talked about very much. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. This is a great portion of Scripture that's so important as we look to passing on the torch and uh, seeing the anointing of God on future generations. Here it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? You understand in this passage, Saul was the present king but he had gotten off track with the plan of God. And he had not listened to God any longer. And he was off track in his own life and for the nation of Israel. So Samuel's grieved and knows Saul is not on track. And God says to him, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? I have rejected him as king over Israel. God is basically saying, I am moving on. And I want you now to fill your horn with oil, and I want you to be on your way since I have rejected him as king over Israel. He says, fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. So Samuel is a leader of leaders in this nation, and he is sent by God to look for a next generational leader. The whole topic that we've been talking about the last three weeks is about having a generational mindset. Big things happen when leaders of different generations come together around a vision for the future. So you have Samuel, which maybe we could call a baby boomer, looking for a millennial leader, a younger leader inside of this, that God has instructed him to go do that. Samuel, in this passage, understand this, is hinged between what was and what is to come. He is hinged at the strategic point of ministry of what he is seeing and then what God says he is seeing in the future. He is in transition. And so we know that God anointed Saul to be king. Saul reigned for a long time, but God had finally let Samuel know, I have rejected Saul from being king over Israel. This is a time of transition and God was looking for a new leader to accomplish his will. How many of you know that the world we live in right now and the turmoil that we are seeing, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ worldwide is in a time and a season of transition? And if, I don't, if you don't see that, I want you to begin to start seeing that because it's happening, right? We are just not people that are stagnant. We stay where we are, but we are people that are in transition for what he wants to do, and he is calling leaders out to help him with that transition leading forward. God wanted a leader that was in rhythm with him because God is a rhythmic leader. God is looking for people that are in step with him in what he is saying. 
Saul no longer was in rhythm with God. And Samuel, he tells Samuel, why are you mourning? I've rejected him. It's time to move forward now. And so here he's saying, we understand inside the word rhythm is a strong repeated pattern of movement. And God said Samuel on a mission to find a leader that was in rhythm with him. And Samuel just about missed it because Samuel was lingering where God had already left. Now, I'm diving in deep here today. It's pretty quick, and I want you to understand this, and I want you to get this quickly today, that God is saying to him, hey, listen, I've already moved on. I'm operating now in a new transitional season that is yet to come. And listen, there are some things in your life that you operated in in your past, and God said it is over and is done. I'm speaking to you and me today. There are things that happen in your past that God says, I'm over with that. I'm done with that. Poverty, you are done in Jesus' name. Hostility, you are done. Disunity, you are done. Are you with me today? See, when God says it's done, it's finished. It's over. It's only a matter of time. There are some things in your life that God has already rejected. It is finished and it is over. God was bringing Samuel to a definitive conclusion as a leader about moving forward in the way that he was moving forward. So he tells him, so take your horn and fill it with oil and go. Here's what I want to use as a premise. There's five observations that I want to look at inside of this passage today. Five observations. The first one I want to use as a premise for my whole talk. God is looking for leaders. Every time that God wanted to do something to change the current conditions, he looks for leaders to do it. Not, not just one singular, but actually multiple teams of leaders to accomplish his will that together will influence their generation and future generations in Jesus Christ. Using your influence right now where God has you is what he wants to do. Can I hear a big amen? See, and I think many times we look at leadership as they have to have a certain amount of qualifications. They have had to do this and they've had to train this way. But, but you've got to understand God sees us different than man does, right? Your leadership is all about influence. Wherever you are influencing, wherever you are at in a place of influence, whether in your business, your home, in your neighborhood, or wherever it is, student on your campus, that place of influence is a place of leadership for you. And you are in there for a purpose and a reason to influence for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus poured into a select amount of followers of him, his disciples. He raised them up to be disciples to change the world that we live in today. And we, you know, we've thought for way too long of leadership that only a few are meant to do it, right? I mean, there's only a few. But leadership is meant for all of us to do, right? Amen? And he's looking for teams of leaders to accomplish his will because there is a moment and we're in this season of transition moving forward for the church and he's looking for good leaders and he's looking for healthy leaders and he's looking for empowering leaders to do his will. Empowering leaders, I want you to get this, are the greatest threat that God has to the status quo, to the mediocrity, to people going in the wrong direction. Amen? Uh, We live in a world that is full of status quo. How does God change the status quo? He uses his anointed leaders to accomplish that. Teams of leaders can change a culture, can change communities, the direction of a city and nations. If you are a leader, I want you to start looking for other leaders 
who can come alongside of you and help you. God is looking for leaders. I'm looking for leaders in this church, right? I'm looking for leaders, people that will follow after you and, and follow you into that area of ministry that God has opened a door for. As the sons of Jesse stood before Samuel, Samuel arrives at Jesse's home and he says to Jesse what the Lord had told him. And Jesse sends for his sons and his sons come shoulder to shoulder to shoulder in front of Samuel and he sees Eliab and is impressed with him and he is thinking in his mind, this is the one. He's looking at them and he, for some reason, we know that he sees Eliab taller Whatever that Samuel saw, that is what he recognized. He thought, that has got to be the man that is to help this nation. But verse 7, here's what the Lord says. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. In other words, he is not the one that I'm looking for for the kingship over this nation. Now, all, it doesn't mean bad about the rest of these brothers. I'm sure they led in great ways. They had a tremendous father inside of them, and I'm sure they had a tremendous mother as well, right? That somewhere in their pathway, that he, God was calling one specific man to step into that role for that season and for that nation. The Lord, the Bible says, does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the what? He looks at the heart. God always looks at the heart first. And we, we live in a whole entire world that is about image and appearance, but God is always looking to the heart of people before anything else. He can cut through all of the facade, all of the looks, all of the mask, all of that stuff, and get to the heart of who we are. What is that heart? That's a heart after God. That's what he was looking for. That, that we see they, he is looking for men and women who develop a heart after him, right? That there's an inner, there's a spiritual work of God that is taking place. And Samuel says to Jesse in verse 11, so he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. The only one that I didn't send for is my youngest, right? I've got him back in the back 40, He's taking care of sheep. He's watching over them. He's doing his job. And Samuel says, have him brought to me and we will not sit down until he arrives. They're anticipating something here. We're not gonna sit down. I want you to go get your youngest and I want you to bring him back here. Now, it's thought that David was in the range of about 16 years of age. So verse 12, he says, he sent for him, had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and, a handsome, and handsome features. And the Lord said, rise and anoint him because this is the one. So Samuel took this horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. You understand that horn was so important in that day. They cut the horn off an animal and they took and they filled that horn with oil. And that is what he is telling Samuel. Take the horn of oil and I want you to go and I want you to anoint him the youngest. And so he does. And it's not like our day where we take a little bit of oil, we dab you, the oil's representative of the Holy Spirit. This was a complete horn of oil, which when they took it, they poured it over their head and it ran down their garment all the way to their feet. It's a sign of anointing. It's a sign of covering. It's a sign of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And it says he anointed him. 
in the presence of his brothers. God was teaching Samuel a lesson in that moment of obedience. Samuel's like, you want me to anoint my future while my past is still sitting on the throne? I hope you understand this today, that, that there are two dimensions that are taking place inside of the heart of Samuel at the same moment. And that is what's taking place in many of us inside of this room. You want me to operate God in a new dimension while the old dimension is still sitting where it is, looking at me in the face, saying that's all that I know. God says, you're gonna have to move and you're gonna have to learn to operate in two dimensions. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, hear me church, today, now, will have to learn to operate in two dimensions at the same time what you see and what is to come. What God has yet to do, even though that thing is sitting there and you see it, right? We are people of sight. We look at things and we think, well, it looks good. I think I should go after it. But God's not looking at the things we're looking at. God is looking at the heart of the matter. You ever had God speak to you to do something different when it's so contrary to what you see? Code so contrary to what you see that is there? that you're like, this could never happen. There is no way because God, that's all I see. That's a problem. This is a situation I will not get through. He's a problem. She's a problem. That thing's a problem. This is what God is doing. You want me to walk in my healing while my back is still hurting? Are you with me, church? You, God, you want me to pray for healing even though I have cancer in my body? And God's like, yes. That is God, that his word is coming to Samuel and saying, yeah, you see those things, but I have something different that I'm doing, and there's a new dimension of what I'm calling the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to in these days. Will you listen, and will you heed the call of God? God, you want me to do this? You want me to pray, God, I'm rich even though I'm poor? Yes, because that's biblical. Amen? Yes, pour out that horn of oil on David's head in order now understand this, to get what God has for you, you and I have got to learn to operate in two dimensions. Two dimensions. That doesn't mean we're double-minded. That means inside of this, you see one thing, but God is calling you to another. What I've rejected is still sitting there, but what I have appointed is yet to come in Jesus' name. So how do I handle what is in the face of what was? A lot of people lose the opportunity to step into their future because they give out too much information about their past. Are you with me? I don't think you're hearing me today. There are people in this room, the sound of my voice that are streaming online, you can't go into your future because you're talking about your past more than your future. You're only talking about the crap that went on yesteryear and all of that. God says, no, no, I've got an appointed time for you. I've got an appointed season for you. And God has anointed you to do this work. Stop dwelling on your past and get moving into your future, right? And a lot of people lose that opportunity to step into their future. We all can. We're human. I understand that. But we lose that opportunity so many times because we're dwelling on the past. So instead of continuing to talk about your past, you need to move forward into the future that God has for you. Samuel filled that, filled that horn with oil. He says, and I want you to go and I want you to anoint him. Sometimes the reason you have so much turbulence in your life is because you talk too much. Are you with me? You ever been around people that just talk so much? They make me nervous. I'm just gonna tell you. I'm a pretty quiet person. I get on this stage and I get here and I talk. 
But listen, if you talk too much, I'm nervous, okay? I'm just gonna kind of back away from you. The people that have all the answers about God. I'm like, oh, no, I don't, no, I don't want anything to do with that. You need to pray about that some more. I love you, right? You with me? Some of you think, wow, you're a horrible person. No, I'm not, I'm just telling you the truth. Right? Sometimes you need to shut your mouth and listen to God's instruction. Sometimes you need to button your mouth and zip your lip and you need to just listen. I'm saying this out of love. I'm not saying this out of being mean today. Really, seriously, really. Because everybody's talking nowadays. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody wants to say something. But listen, we're so many times stuck in our past because we keep talking about it. You know, we're stuck in what is when God wants to get us to where he wants us to be. You're not quite in, but you're not quite out, right? That you're not quite up, but you're not quite down. Our posture should be, Lord, tell me what to say. I believe much of our problems as believers, I I can't speak for people that are non-Christians. They don't know the truth, not Jesus' truth. I think we would eliminate a lot of our problems in the body of Christ and through people as we're trying to minister to the world that we live in is that we would constantly pray this, Lord, tell me what to say. Tell me what to say. Lord, instruct me on your direction. Lord, what is it that you are saying to me and I will speak what you want me to speak? Because listen, This is really the year for our shift. This is really as we move in, our posture should be this. God, tell me, tell me. I want to hear your voice. I want to, this is your year for that shift. There will be a transformation that will happen in you. Fill your horn with oil because you're getting ready. And God, you're getting ready to move. God is getting ready to use something spiritual to affect the natural. He's getting ready to use your anointing. Your anointing is going to change the things that are around you. It's going to change the atmosphere. Anointing is that empowerment to do God's work. God is empowering, and the way that he does that is through his anointing power. And it's only when the oil flows is when the shift occurs. Hear me. The shift doesn't occur with our good behavior. The shift occurs with the anointing power of the Holy Spirit and his empowerment. And we got to be willing to be people that are willing to pay the price to wait. God, what are you saying? And what should I say? And what should I not say? And I'm willing to wait on your anointing power before I do anything. That means you go and you get yourself before God. Listen, we're going to have to be people that operate in two dimensions that we don't get so caught up in our past that we forget the future that God has for us and walking in that. Some of you are so busy posting about stuff that other people are saying about God rather than getting God for yourself. Sometimes we're relying on somebody else's anointing in, 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 in their life so that we can kind of bleed off of that anointing. Listen, I read leadership books. I listen to podcasts. I do all those things, but my anointing doesn't come from those things. My anointing comes from the Lord. And he's got to spend time with Jesus to get the anointing power because if I don't and I just get up here, all it is is words on a paper. It's nothing. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in these days. 
God tells Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go. Turn to the person next to you and say, fill your horn with oil and go. Come on, this is a word for us today. Come on, don't be afraid. Fill your horn with oil and go. So go now. So go and anoint him. Anointing opens up doors. Anointing breaks up bondages. If you fill your horn with oil, you can't be filled with hate. Amen. If you fill your horn with oil, you can't live in frustration all the time. If you, if you fill your horn with oil, you can't be and you can't live in disunity in your home. Amen. How many are with me? Come on. Can you speak back today? Amen. You got to fill your horn with oil, with those things, so that you can eliminate out all that other stuff. And the Bible says, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. The anointing is the difference maker. Second point is, first one is, God's looking for leaders. Number two, it's what's inside that counts. See, God measures people differently than man does. It's not your height, it's your heart. God sees things in people that hasn't even become evident to others. And God, God, God's not measuring the 15, 16-year-old boy, girl, where they are right now. Stop measuring your children by where they are right now. You need to see them of where they're capable of going. Right? We think, oh, I don't know. I don't know if they'll ever know. God sees something far greater than what we see. Don't get bent out of shape. Don't get down on yourself that they're not acting the way they should right now. Hey, listen, I think every parent, you, if you're honest, would say in your life sometime or another, oh, my God, I hope they turn out okay. And you're just praying them through, right? You're just praying them through. You're just loving on them. Some of you are like, Jesus, yes, Lord, help. They're going to do it. They're going to they're make it. God has something great for them. Apostle Paul told Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Set an example in life and speech. Listen, you're a candidate for God today. You're a candidate for God. There's a leader in you. There's a leader in you. There's a leader inside of every single one of you that are inside of this room. God has put leadership gifting and leadership abilities because you're influencing others. Leadership starts where you are. Be bold about it and quit being intimidated. Third, listen, leadership is not something you push your way into. It's something you prepare yourself for. David was not trying to get recognition. That's why he was still out on the back 40 watching sheep. But what was he doing? He took ownership. He took ownership right where he was. He was doing a way above average job watching sheep even before anything else was given to him by the Lord. The key to your future is what you're doing now and you're doing it. That is the most important thing to what God will give you next. What you're doing now and how you're doing it is the most important thing to what God will give you next. Some of you are like, there is no way. The job that I am, it's worthless. I'm not doing anything. Nobody's seeing it. God's not seeing it. Oh, believe me, 
God is seeing you in the job that you are working right now. And that is the promotion or the lack of promotion for what is next. What attitude are you doing it with? What is your motivation in doing it? Because why? God is watching us. I know we have bad days. I get that. He saw this boy out in the back desert and so many people see where they are only as a place to wait for the next opportunity to come along. They go along at the least possible effort, the minimal energy. There's nothing wrong with being patient, but don't just wait. While you're waiting, work. While you're helping, do that. Serve, love, get busy with what God has put inside of your hand. Do it with all your heart as you serve unto God, not unto man. Be the best floor sweeper you can be. If that's what you're called to be, it's your business. Just, just do that. Be the best server. Be the best in your industry because God is watching you right now and he is the one that promotes you to what is next. Quit worrying about someone else's opportunity and start carving out your own. Amen? We live in the world of comparison. Quit worrying about somebody else's opportunity. Just be concerned with what God's given to you and serve him with a whole heart and do it for the glory of the Lord. Do it for the glory of Jesus. David was actually in a time where there was an evil king and he was a very envious king and he was a threatening leader to David. My next point is to lead is to serve. A few verses after Samuel anointed David, he started serving as an armor bearer to Saul. He's like, bring that boy out to me. I heard about him and I've heard what he's doing and I wanna see him and I wanna see, because we know God has already put something great in his heart. And um, what I want you to know is when Samuel popped the cork on the horn of oil, you might think the parade came in, the Lamborghini chariot pulled up, David got in, waved all his brothers, said, see you later. No, that is not the truth of Scripture. Because we think it was a big parade. And everything was fine and dandy after that. You know what happened? When Samuel left, David's dad said, son, get back out there detending sheep. That's your job first. You get out there. He wasn't suddenly the king He kept doing what God had called him to do by serving and he served in that capacity and he grew in it. He served as a shepherd and most people don't know this, but David, he served as the unofficial protector of the borders of his nation. He gathered some of his toughest friends and he wasn't asked to do it. He wasn't paid to do it. He said, let's go out and protect this nation and keep the bad out. He was an armor bearer serving on the border. That was, that's what he did. Saul loves him, then Saul hates him, and David just served. Some people want to skip the armor bearer part, and they want to skip the helper part, but listen, if you're too big to serve, you're too little to lead. Hello? It's true. If you can't serve, you're too little to lead. Serve with excellence in the lane that God has put you in. Servant leaders. Servants are leaders. 
This morning in our A-team gathering, we pray every Sunday morning in the gym. All of you that come and serve, we're there. We pray together. We join our hearts together. We encourage each other. But in that moment, I spoke into our leaders this morning and into them. I said, every one of you, you're a servant and you are leaders. See, I don't have to go around the room and be like, yeah, they're serving. No, not so much. Uh, Yes, great. No, I don't do that. That's not my call. If you are serving, you're a leader. Jesus was the greatest leader because he was the greatest servant. Servants influence other people by just serving their needs, serving what God has put inside of their hand. You should ask this about a leader that you admire. I do this. What battle did they have to fight to get to where they are today? Because listen, no great man or woman of God They just didn't wake up on the right side of the bed one morning, roll out of bed, and became king or queen. They worked hard when nobody was watching them. They served the Lord, watching sheep. You should ask that because we live in a world of the highlight reels, of like, this is all I see on video, this is all I see in TV, and that's great. But listen, it took something for them to get to that place and, place and that locale in their life. It just didn't happen by fate. It happened because they worked hard, and they worked unto the Lord. What battle did they have to fight to get to where they are? Behind everyone you admire, there's always a journey that most people don't want to take between where they are and where they were. There's a journey in there. And it's about serving. You just never stop serving. The way you serve changes, but you never stop. And then lastly, leaders are owners. If you do the very minimum required, you're not taking ownership. If you let people run down your boss, your company in front of you, you are not taking ownership. Can I hear a big amen? Come on, let's not run down businesses. Let's not run down our communities. Let's, not, let's lift them up. Come on. When it comes to the church, it's God's church as Jesus died for, and it's up to all of us to take ownership of the health and the strength of God's church. You are taking ownership when you pray. You are taking ownership when you give. You are taking ownership when you serve. You're taking ownership when you encourage the body of Christ. You're taking ownership when you walk in unity with one another. You're taking ownership. That's ownership. Listen, if you want to leave an inheritance for your children, then take care of what God gave you today. Now. In this moment because we never get this moment again. When you tithe, you're taking ownership. When you serve, when you pray for the church, for the blessing of God, you're praying for what is right, not for what is wrong. Anywhere you get humans, there's problems. Welcome to the church. 
To be very honest, there hasn't been a week that's gone by in probably a long time that somebody hasn't complained about how we run the church. Hello. This last week, there were a couple of those conversations. We're human leaders. I get it. I'm sorry you're disappointed with us. How about you? You own a business? People are disappointed with you, right? You work a job? Somebody's disappointed with what you do. I can get more leaders in. If people are sold out to the vision of the house, they got ownership in the house, right? Not that you just come here, but you take it up and you say, you know what? This is my church. And I understand the pastor's human and he does stupid things sometimes. Wow, what's new? They're all hypocrites. Well, welcome to the crowd. We'll take another one. Come on in. God, give me leaders in this house. There are leaders here. I'm not saying they're not. God, give me other leaders. They're willing to come around the vision and sell their life to a bundle of life church? No, sell their heart to you, God, all in, all out, all you, all kingdom, all you. This is what, I'm, I'm running a little over, but this is just real quick before I bring this to conclusion. This is my big concern because we live in a day of a transient society and the church is treated as transient in one day and gone the next. I got a heart for you. I got a heart for this church. I got a heart. Gone. And let me tell you, that happens at every church because we talk to other pastors. It happens. I get it. It's just part of the way it goes. But I'm really concerned about this as a pastor. So I'm speaking from my passion level. I'm really concerned about people that call this their church, but they have no vested ownership. So it's easy to talk about other people in the church. It's easy to talk about one another and grind each other down and beat each other to a pulp. And what are they not doing? It's easy to do that. There's a, there's a more difficult road. There's a more difficult road that God is calling the body of Christ to. The easy path is complaining. The easy path, oh, look what they did there. I can't believe it. They didn't do that and they didn't do this. And oh my God, they're... Okay. Stand before you today as your pastor and say that I love you. But please hear my heart. We never painted ourselves to be a perfect church. We painted ourselves to be a church that is kingdom-minded. And we're not going to make everybody happy. But I'm not your leader to be, make you happy. Where does generosity start? We're to be the most generous people on earth, the body of Christ. Where does generosity start? On your face. Here. What's in your heart better get to your face quick, right? I ain't following you if you're a mopey person. Why? Jesus has given me life and Life more abundantly. 
Come on, tell your face. Come on, tell your face. Tell your face. Tell your face. Tell your face. Transfer the goodness of God to your face. I got to preach a message on that. Okay, let's go. Leaders are owners. This is my family. This is my church. This is my company. I will speak well of that. Don't you dare talk about my family like that. Don't you dare talk about my church like that. Don't you dare talk about my company like that. Don't you dare talk about us. Don't you dare. We're the people to say, don't you dare. We're afraid. The body of Christ has been afraid for far too long. Why you let the world run you down and run down your family. Don't you dare talk about them like that. Don't you dare for what Jesus shed his blood for. Leaders are owners, yes, but we are stewarding the blessings of God. We gotta be people who live out vision that outlives us. That, you know, my hope and my prayer is whenever the Lord calls me home and I'm in a casket and that casket is shut and I'm already in heaven rejoicing, that God, I hope and I pray that my life and the vision that God has put in my heart outlives me. That's my heart, and I know that's the heart of every person inside of this room. That your vision that God has put in your heart will outlive you for the future. Pray big, think big. Father, I pray right now for your anointing to come upon us to empower us to do your work and your will. The anointing is the difference maker. It's the only thing that will break a bondage in our life, sin, habits, lies. It's the only thing when your anointing comes upon us that when we use that anointing for your kingdom and your glory, that other people will be set free from the lies of the enemy. Help us to be people that are not just posting about what other anointed people have said, but live in a fresh anointing every day for ourselves. Help us to be hungry for you in our own lives. You always called leaders to the forefront to change the status quo, to go against the mediocrity, Lord, that we see in our own nation. Father, I pray for your blessing upon every person in this house and the sound of my voice. I pray a blessing upon their house their marriage, their relationships, their children and their children's children, their businesses, Lord. I pray the blessing of the Lord upon every business owner. God, I pray today that the windows of heaven will be open upon business owners, that, Lord, you are going to give them so much that they are not going to be able to handle it. Fill their barns to overflowing in the name of Jesus.
Every lie that has been spoken against them, I speak the word of Jesus against them. In Jesus' name, every lie. Over every marriage, over every man, woman, young person, boy or girl. Help us to hunger for you, God. And that our faith would be multiplied. And we would see bigger than we've ever seen before. We would dream more and bigger than we've ever done before. Father, I pray that. Father, now I pray that every person in this room would fill their horn with oil and go. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.